Now, in our passage today, Jesus gives us one of the secrets, I think, to uh, humility. Yeah, it's one of those uh, just elusive goals. You know, I mean, you get humble. C.S. Lewis makes a joke about it, which is probably a good thing. You know, you get humble, then you notice it, and you're arrogant about being humble. Or as uh, you know, Chappie regularly says, you know, that he's got a book that he's working on, Humility and How I Obtained It. But Jesus' secret here is to be self-obsessed, to think only about yourself and consider yourself with great detail. That's what he says. Of course, he says, do that about your own sin. Be self-obsessed. Focus upon yourself when it comes to your own disobedience to God. When it comes to recognizing your own bad habits, evil ways, the errors of your life. Be obsessed with yourself and humility will be yours. Granted, as often the case, Jesus has tongue firmly planted in cheek. But our passage today is Matthew 7, starting verses 1 through 5. Uh, part of the, the, the last section of Jesus' uh, Sermon on the Mount. It's found on page 788 in your uh, pew Bible. I invite you to turn there or follow along on the screen. Let's pray together. Gracious God, again, we pray that your written word will, in the power of your spirit, be, be carried into the deep places of our lives, that we might know you and trust you and walk in your way. Speak to us. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Matthew chapter 7, starting verse 1. Um, hear the word of the Lord. Do not judge so that you may not be judged. For with the judgment you make, you will be judged. And the measure you give will be the measure you get. Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your neighbor, uh, let me uh, take the speck out of your eye while the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So the first step then in Jesus' little recipe, secret recipe here of being self-obsessed is that when you're self-obsessed with your own sin, then you won't be obsessed with the sins of others. It's really important. It's really important to consider what we focus our attention upon. Because if we're focusing on our own sin, then we're not focusing and obsessing with the sins of others. That's a really good principle to to recognize. What are we choosing to focus our attention on? we We can choose to focus on what we don't have, or we can choose to focus on what we do have. We can, we can choose to focus on what we can't do, or we can focus on what we can do. 
We can choose to focus on the pain and brokenness of the world, or we can choose to focus on the love of Jesus. We can live in the past, we can pine away for the future, or we can choose to live in the now. What Jesus is telling us here is we can focus our attention on the sin, the judgment of right and wrong as it pertains to other people. Or we can focus on the sin and the judgment of right and wrong as it pertains to ourselves. It's really one of the jokes in Jesus' repertoire here. And he says, you know, because we so easily focus on the sin of, of others. It's so easy to see that because we see that so clearly in others. And, and so he, he makes a little funny here. You know, you're over there trying to help somebody get that speck you know, out of that eye. They got a little sawdust in their eye. And you're trying to, to get that out, draw that to their attention. And all the while, you got this two-by-four you know, sticking out of your eye. It gets in the way, even hits the other person upside the head while you're trying to get them. How does that work? And and to show that this is our our nature. You know, we see this passage. We see that, you know, don't be judgmental. Don't judge other people. Don't obsess with the sins of others. No, No hands here. Don't give me any attention. I won't even look. But who here is already thinking of who else needs to hear this sermon? I told you, don't laugh, nothing. No, but isn't that the natural tendency? You know, we're already got in our mind. You know, who's the judgmental person? Yeah, I hope they're listening. That is the surest way to arrogance. Judgment. If we focus on the sins of others, that feeds my arrogance. It feeds my sense of superiority. Of why I'm the pastor and you're not. (laughs) Because I can focus on all y'all's sins. John Ortberg uh, brought this up in a recent book I was uh, reading by him about how we even choose to compare ourselves to different groups of people according to the subject of our comparison. You know, if we're going to be comparing about morality, you know, about righteousness, about sin, then I'll choose to compare myself to people in the penitentiary. Now, hey, look how good I am. I'm going to choose to compare myself to people that our society has said are less than me. And that feeds that superiority. But when it comes to comparing myself to, uh, to other people according to material wealth, then... I go the other direction. I compare myself to the people who have more than me. You know, I look at all those. Um, you know, you know, so, so for me, I'll, I'll look at all the pastors who have indiscretion in their lives. Oh, look at that. Look how they fell. Look what they did. But when it comes to money, I'll go compare myself to all the big wigs. Look at all, well, of course they're doing that because look at all that they got. Aren't we funny creatures? You know how we, we choose to compare ourselves to other, other people, even according to the subject. 
and how that feeds our arrogance and pride. Really important, as Brian mentioned, as we as a church are entering into this discernment process, that we're careful that we're doing this not out of judgment, not out of arrogance, but out of humility. Because it could be really easy for us to say, you know, we, we look at the sins of all the other churches. We look at the, the sins of the denomination and we say, look at how far they've gone from what's true. I'm certainly glad that we haven't. Isn't it good? We're better. Ooh, that's a dangerous place. I don't want that to be our motivation from our own goodness. Maybe what we should do is we should focus on our own sin, our own, our own faults, our own incapacities at CHPC. That, that we are not the church that, that we could be. You know, we, so, you know, we don't do evangelism well. You know, we don't invite a lot of folks in. We, we don't connect with non-believers very well. Man, we, we need to recognize that's a brokenness. That, that, that we're missing out on the, the beauty of the good news in some way. And so how can we learn and grow in that? You know, that, that we've got a real challenge in ministry of helping to, to build community among ourselves and in the, the new CHPC, who we are today. And, you know, and, and we sort of fits and starts there. And we need help in doing that so that we can truly be that community that God wants us to be. Yeah, and we got a real challenge. We don't, we don't do too well with that, that younger age group. You, know, you, you, you take a look at the church congregation, and it's sort of heavy on the older crowd, more experienced crowd, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, and, and we're sort of losing that other crowd. Man, that's a failure. How can we find a place where God would lead us in ministry there? So that we're coming out of humility, seeing our own failings, our own brokenness, not out of an arrogance that, man, see how we're better. So don't obsess with the sins of others, Jesus says, but obsess with your own. Yeah, and, and, and that's what he says, man. I mean, get focused on your own. Take that log out of your own eye. Because when that happens, and, and we are in Christ, and we know the good news, when that happens, when we focus on our own brokenness, our own sin, then that leads us to the place of grace, forgiveness, peace, and joy in the only place that can be found, and that is the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because nobody likes to hang out in our own brokenness, in our own sin, in our own evil within us, in our own mess within us. Nobody likes to hang out there and we're quick to find where, how do we get out of here. And what we know is that that's the place that Jesus brings healing. And that's the place that, that we obsess and we hang out. I love it when folks focus there. Uh, that, that makes the work easy. You know, that's when folks are saying, and I am broken, I am messed up, then that's when we say, man, let me just tell you some of the stories of Jesus. You know, he had a, he had a whole crowd of guys grab this woman who was caught right in the act of adultery, brought her up to him, and said, the law says we get to stone her to death. So what do you say? How are we going to do this? And Jesus says to the crowd, 
right, whoever has the no sin, cast the first stone. You know, the rocks slowly drop and the crowd disperses. And Jesus turns to that woman who is caught in, in mess and sin and brokenness and evil and says, is there nobody here to condemn you? I don't condemn you either. Now go and sin no more. There's all kinds of stories of Jesus about that. Tells the story of a, of a son who tells his dad, Hey, I wish you were dead, dad. Give me my inheritance. Let me go spend my money because I know how I can make this money work for me and I can live to the fullest. And he wastes it all. And he comes home with his tail between his legs and the father sees him a long way off and runs to him and hugs him and brings him home in a celebration and a party. That's who Jesus is. So when we come to him in our humility, in our brokenness, in our sin, in our mess and evil, then we enter into the wondrous embrace of the affection of God. A relational loyalty that we can't mess up even though we try. When we obsess with our own brokenness and sin, it leads to grace. It leads to humility. I mean, the, the great command there at the end of uh, the passage, in the last verse, Jesus tells us clearly here, hey, you know, what, what this really means is that you're honest with yourself. You, you focus on who you are. And you're honest. You're real. You're not a hypocrite. You don't put on the facade. You don't be an actor. Man, you, you be real. And when you're broken, then you come before me because then you're real and honest and humble. And then we can work together. When we lie to ourselves and we cover it up and we avoid it, then we're a hypocrite. And we can't. And, and that's, that is Jesus' last word here. You know, there's the then statement at the end. You know, if, you, if, if when you, you find yourself obsessing with the sin of others, look in the mirror in a hurry. And see if that's not God showing you your own brokenness. Maybe this is so real to me because I have teenagers at home. And man, that just happens all the time. Because every one of their pathologies I see, I think I gave them that. I see that in me. When you see the sin and brokenness all around you, be quick to first turn and say, all right, what is God telling me? And then when, when, we, see the, when we see the two by four, yeah, then, then he says, take it out. Address it. Be open and honest. Yeah, this is my sin. This is my brokenness. And then we can help one another pursue righteousness together. That's what he says. And then you can help the other person get the speck of dust out of their own eye. But it's not until you've named and claimed, talk about name it and claim it, that you've named and claimed your own sin and brokenness before God, that then you're ready to partner with another in pursuing righteousness together. Because this pursuit of together pursuing the righteousness of God must flow out of grace, not judgment. And if we start with the sin of others, then it flows out of judgment. If I start with my own sin, then it flows out of grace.
See, I'm broken and you're broken. And together, we got to pursue the one who brings healing. I'm hungry and you're hungry. And together, we've got to pursue the one who brings bread. I'm blind and you're blind. And together, we've got to pursue the one who is the light of the world. So this Lent, this season, be on the alert. Be on the alert of, of how you pursue the, your judgment of others. When you, you get judgmental, when you see the, the brokenness and sin in the world, make that a first step to say, okay, God, what are you telling me about mine? And listen and hear and address that. Admit it before God. And as we do every time that we gather, confess. Receive God's forgiveness. And then, then you're ready to join with another in pursuing righteousness together. This is Jesus' recipe. The necessary ingredients in the recipe for humility in a powerful way to be church.